Here at Miss Teacher Mom, we recognize the great privilege and responsibility that we have as parents to educate our children. Beyond math and phonics, this also includes building their characters, molding their hearts, and reaching their souls. A burden too big to carry on our own. We sense the call to missional motherhood, but we could use some help from those who have more experience and wisdom than us. So we're calling upon some wonderful godly women and men to encourage and equip us as we seek to raise our kids with eternity in mind. Good morning, moms. Today we're chatting with Rachel Jankovic. You may know her from her books, Loving the Little Years, Fit to Burst, and most recently, You Who. Rachel, I've been so blessed and encouraged by your ministry, and I asked you to come on the Miss Teacher Mom podcast to specifically encourage first-generation Christian moms, though I think this episode will encourage all of our listeners. You were raised by your faithful, godly parents, Doug and Nancy Wilson, and you are now raising your tribe of seven kiddos with your husband, Luke. As a first-generation Christian, I seek to honor and obey the Lord in the ways that we raise our kids, but I think as first-generation Christian moms, we can kind of look around once in a while and think, are we getting it? So how can you help us out? What was it like being raised by your parents and a lineage of Christianity um, that we can glean from? Um, you know, I would say that my, like I grew up witnessing this question often, right? Like I have heard my parents ask this question often. And my mom uh, was one of the first believers in her family. So she was not raised in a Christian home. And so many times women tell me like, well, I can't do this or I can't do whatever because, you know, like it's a thing that gets kind of uh, in their consciousness. Like, I don't know how to do this because I wasn't raised in a Christian home. And I would hear my mom so cheerfully tell people all the time, somebody has to be the first, you know, like you like, so you don't have a Christian mom supporting you. You know, you don't have someone who would give you godly counsel if you called your mom. Um, but the reality is then you have to set about the work of being that woman to your children. You have to set about the work of, of being a solid, uh, you know, like someone who's really anchored in their faith, who will give it to the next generation, instead of getting caught up on that, um, what you didn't receive. I would just say the first big thing to get out of your head is the idea that other Christians in other circumstances are having it far easier, like it's easier to walk with the Lord because he is faithful with his people. He is present mm -hmm. with his people. And it's not like you can get generationally removed from Jesus interceding for you, or it's not true that Christ or his promises or his faithfulness, or that there's any distance between you and your God that has been brought about by your background. So I'd say a big part of it is, is just trusting God that he will supply what you need. And that's true, no matter how much Christian background you have, you know, like that's what we all need to be doing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm thankful to hear I'm encouraged by what you're saying that, yes, all the promises of Christ are the same for every believer, not only those by, raised by Christian parents. But I also think that the Lord, it's a gift. As you said, he wouldn't create it for the world. It's a gift to totally um, be equipped by faithful, intentional parents. What are some attributes or lessons or habits, things that your parents instilled in you that you've just seen be a blessing as you embark on motherhood? So I would say the biggest gift that my parents gave us was the fact that 
we knew and it was evident that they lived what they believed. Mm. So that was, we, and this is the thing that you could have Christian parents who don't do that. You know, like this is mm-hmm. a, this is more about being faithful than it is about uh, professing faith. Absolutely. Right. So all over the world, there are Christians who say they believe things, but their children see a different side of that, right? Like they, you see your kids get the up close view of what you actually believe, mm-hmm. not just what you say you believe. So the gift, the biggest gift I think my parents gave us was really the gift of the fact that we knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that they actually believed what they were telling us, you know, and we knew it uh, because they walked faithfully with God when it was hard. And we knew that they did. Right. So we had a um, inside perspective on the fact that our parents would apologize to us. Right. Like that they would say that was wrong. I shouldn't have spoken that way about whatever, you know, they would put things right uh, with us was always an example that they actually believed things. They weren't just trying to enforce a standard on us that they did not believe themselves and believe that it applied to them uh, as well. So I would say that and that is also a thing for many new to the faith mothers. They're thinking I don't know how to like shepherd my child through, you know, this complex situation or this upcoming, you know, they're worried about something that's way down the road, but in that worry, they're not walking faithfully with what they do know what to do with. Mm. Right? Like, did you just lie to someone in your house? You need to apologize. You need to repent. Like, were you angry with your children? Confess that and get it right. Like start with the things, that actually there are steps of obedience right in front of everybody, right? Like there's, there's the things that are so clear that God has revealed to us that we need to do that aren't big, like the big kind of existential questions, you know, like how do I be this way? It's like, well, you start by laying down your life today, you know, like what's right in front of you today that you're not wanting to get right or that you're not wanting to, Um, You know, and I would say some really obvious big picture things on that is, are, are we tempted to make excuses about not reading our Bible, right? Like that, like if you're a Christian mother and you are wondering how to be a Christian mother, how are you doing at just basic Christian discipline? Are you reading your Bible? And, and it's sort of like that is, you know, to do that, you know, you know, to do that. But you're probably like, it's very, and this is very common to make up all kinds of reasons that that's too difficult, right? Like, well, you don't understand, (laughs) like my life is crazy, so I can't do that. And it's like, well, why are we having this other, why are we having this big conversation about how can I nurture my children in the Lord when the things that I know to be the case, I'm not willing to do, right? Like I want to think more, um, very common for women to want to think more abstractly about it. You know what I mean? Like if I, if in everyone, seriously, it's a funny thing. If you say, Oh, you need to order this chore chart that will help teach your children mm-hmm. the Christian virtues. We're all over that, mm-hmm. you know, like, yes, sure. Let's order, <laughs> order it up because it's really important to say, yeah, you need to be a woman who walks with God. And that that's evident in the fact that you read your Bible. Mm-hmm. is is like oh 
don't put such a burden on me. You know, like I think, um, and I, I don't remember if we talked about this before. I'm very involved in the Bible reading challenge. So I'm actually very involved in trying to help women overcome the obstacles that keep them from the word. So I don't say this as someone who just assumes that it comes easily to women or that this is something that they don't need accountability and help and encouragement in. Right. But my, my point is that walking with God is we actually do know what we need to do. And every believer actually knows that. So anyways, I know that that, I know, like I would just encourage anybody who is listening to this who thinks, oh my word, that because I am aware that that is a little hard hitting. Like we need to be reading the Bible. But if you check out at totheword.com, there are many thousands of women reading the Bible together. And we treat it like it is a menu where you read the days reading with us. If you get behind, you just jump back in mm-hmm. on the current day. And our, and our goal is to help women overcome what amounts to spiritual eating disorders. Absolutely. Yeah. I haven't really participated in any of the forums, but I do use the app and listen um, every morning when I wake up. And it's been a huge encouragement. The word of God is to train the man of God, you know, that it is equips us. Mm. And when you're talking to Christian moms, you're talking to people who are actually in the full-time business of good works, right? This is, this is the full-time business of caring for others, uh, like laying your life down, doing it. That's what we're doing. And you think, do you want to be thoroughly equipped for every good work? Not just a little bit equipped, not just like you barely have an idea of what you're doing, but thoroughly equipped for every, that's the word of God that does that, that equips you. And, and that to abstain from what God has made it so clear to us that he sent his word to do this and his word will not return void. It accomplishes the thing for which he sent it. And then we don't have time. We don't really make time to be equipped for every good work uh, that the Lord has put in our path. And that is, that is just a thing where I think we have to get past whatever weird kind of guilt, whatever weird kind of things are keeping us. Uh, from reading the word and and receive it the way God gave it to us, which is so freely and so generously. uh, And that we're just keeping ourselves from it for whatever little reasons. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And for ladies who are just wondering what that looks like, I guess, as an outpouring. So being someone who does study the word and take his word seriously and believe that his word really does equip us, how does your home benefit from yours and Luke's um, faithful study and decision to be students of God's word? You know, like that's what we're doing is we're trying to walk faithfully with God and let the Holy Spirit convict and teach and strengthen and shape us and not be um, afraid of that work. You know, like just to be that that's what's happening. Like in, in, um, I would say major things in our house would be, uh, the importance of calling sin, what God calls it. So instead of saying, you know, I'm sorry, I was tired, Mm. you know, like (laughs) I was tired. It's like, no, I was harsh and unkind, you know, and in doing that, we're declaring what Christ is to us, Mm. right? Because Because we're saying, we're calling it what he calls it. We're seeking resolution to our sin the way he told us to. 
by, by asking for forgiveness of God and of other people. And because of that, we have the opportunity to be living in fellowship and living in fellowship is, I would say the heart of a Christian home. Like that is, that is the thing my dad would always compare it to when you walk into a house where there's bread baking, you know, that, that aroma of like, oh my word, that smells so good. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That, that actually in a Christian home, it should be the aroma of spiritual bread baking, right? It's that aroma of joy and gratitude and laughter and, and people in fellowship with God and with each other. And that that's what, when my kids were little, that was probably 90% of my job was getting people back in fellowship, (laughs) you know, like getting people back in fellowship, getting things right so that we could live in that fellowship and that your kids really need to know that feeling deep in their bones. You know, like that is a, that is a thing that they need to know is what it is to be right with God and right with each other. Every last Christian has access to Christ. You know, like there's no excuse for us being like, well, it's all right if we have a dead rat in the living room. You know, Jesus doesn't mind if I leave this stench, you know, this spiritual stench. So yes, yes, he does. (laughs) Confess that sin, you know, confess it and be done with that so that a sweet aroma can be in your home. And your children, they, they learn that early on and they love it and they would never give it up. And I think that that is the primary like this is why we should be reading our Bibles. We should be faithfully confessing our sins is because the fruit of that righteousness is a wonderful place to be. It is a wonderful family environment. Yeah. Yeah. Which is the goal. I totally agree with that. And it glorifies God and, and helps you graft others in when you have harmony in your home. And obviously our goal is that our children be reconciled to the Lord. And you're teaching them that from a young age when your desiring goal is fellowship within the home really as a shadow and for the purpose of being reconciled to God himself. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. This is the path into restoration and fellowship and joy. So the thing that we're, that we're pulling them back into is happiness and fellowship. Mm. So it's not like their one big chance of doing something fun happened and you're like, you may not because you belong to Jesus. Uh, it's far, far more joyful to be in fellowship. Like there's nothing on the other side attractive enough to make you want to risk this. You know what I mean? Like there's right. no, uh, and I think that that's really important because a lot of Christian parents are just flat out no fun. <laughs> you know, like, like it's not joyful. It's not exuberant. It's not everything is about the least possible effort instead of, uh, glorifying God and, you know, like making your home a very vibrant and joyful place because you love the Lord is actually really an important part of raising children in the Lord. Mm. Because we're not a, like our children would rather be at home and in fellowship than off doing something, you know, like there, there is nothing tantalizing enough that they would want to wander for that. Yeah. I just think that those are, that is a thing that I know from my own childhood that I can remember being like, 
there are times that I actually think I was protected from stupid sin. God protected me there, but the way he protected me was entirely by the fact that I knew that whatever it was that I was even considering would, would get me, I, I would be out of fellowship with my family. Mm. Like that I knew that my family would not think that that was wise. And that that was actually motivating enough to be like, I would never endanger that. I loved my family and loved the fellowship that we had and knew intuitively because like as a much older person, you know, I can look back on it and be like, man, God was really sparing me there. But he was also sparing me completely through the mercy of knowing the love of a family that was in fellowship with God. Mm -hmm. Anyways, that's the thing that I've thought of often as we're raising children is that they do learn to have an instinctive uh, response to things. Yeah, I think that's really helpful. I think like you, yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. I'm excited to continue thinking about that. I do want to respect your time and the time of the listeners. I'd like to know as we come to a close, if there's any words of wisdom or encouragement that you'd like to share with moms seeking to raise our kids with eternity in mind. Yeah, I would say the biggest thing is walk yourself with God. That that is one of the most, uh, it's so kind of God to make this meaningful, you know, Scripture says uh, to, you know, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he will not depart from it. And the most simple thing to think about there, because I know women think like, oh, no, what if I don't know the way he should go? Well, the way he should go should be the way you're going. It should be walking with God. And that, that, that is actually far simpler than we want to make it out to be. You know, it's a very simple thing. Walk with God, confess your sins, worship him with his people weekly, uh, be, pray for your children, and, and live in the joy of the Lord. Be fun. <laughs> make, make good meals and play fun music and delight in your children and delight in the work that God has given you and be in his word so that you'll be equipped for all those good works. But this is not something we should be doing with a long faith or sad all the time about this burden that we should be so full of joy and exuberance uh, that it is really contagious to our children. I hope that today's episode has encouraged and equipped you to raise your children with eternity in mind. And remember, we are not doing this alone. As Christians, God wills us to will and to work for his good pleasure. We are trusting in the finished work of Christ, and we're empowered by His Holy Spirit. If this episode has been helpful to you, could you please write a review for other moms and share this podcast with your friends? For more information and the show notes, check out MissTeacherMom.com. And please join us next week for the Miss Teacher Mom podcast.